Good morning, everybody. Get all my stuff set here. All right, there we go. We're so glad that you're here this morning. It's starting to feel a lot like fall, doesn't it? All right, let's stand and sing together. Uh, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him would not perish but have eternal life. <laughs> is what you call operator malfunction. I didn't turn on my, my ears. All right, there we go. Oh, there I am. There's a, okay, now I can hear. Let's do that again. I was wondering why everybody was playing.
Amen. Yes. Give the Lord a hand. Yes, praise God. Yeah, let's give him a clap offering. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. You can be seated. Well, good morning. We are here to worship the Lord. God sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for us so that we can have new life in him. And we're here to celebrate and worship him today, uh, even uh, partaking of the Lord's Supper. And so it's a great day to be here this morning. If you're a guest with us this morning, we just want to say welcome. Thank you for being here with us. We hope that you uh, will feel fully engaged in a part of our worship service this morning. You'll see a little white guest registration card there in the pew rack in front of you. And if you'll take just a moment uh, to fill that out. Um, our mechanism of getting this back is you can either drop it in these boxes on the back wall. We'd prefer you just bring it out to the welcome desk. You'd have a chance to meet our lead pastor there at the conclusion of the service. And he's got a small gift for all first-time guests. And so we appreciate you being here this morning. Um, on the back, you can indicate uh, ways that we can pray for you. To, uh, you can give us an email address, and we'll be glad to share with you our church newsletter and so you're informed about the things going on in the life of our church. I'm going to take just a moment to pray for us, and then we'll continue to worship. Father in heaven, we just pause this morning to say thank you for your son, Jesus. Thank you for his sacrifice on the cross. Father, we thank you that you love us so much that despite our sinfulness, that even as we're still sinners, you sent Jesus to give us new life. And so we just say thank you. So Lord, as you just begin to prepare our hearts this morning for worship, and as we just think about our salvation, and as we remember the Lord's sacrifice on the cross, Father, we pray. We pray that you just help us to be mindful of all that you've done for us. Father, of your grace, of your goodness toward us, your love toward us. And Father, that may that spur us on to faithful living in you. And Father, a gratitude of love and, and thankfulness toward you. God, it's in your sons and we pray. Amen. You'll know this song. Let's stand and let's sing. How great thou art. Yeah. 
clouds of acclamation and lead me home what joy shall fill my heart then i shall bow with humble adoration and there proclaim my god how great thou
you this morning, just worshiping you. I want to lift your name up. You are worthy. You alone are worthy of our honor, of our praise, of our worship, Lord. And so, Lord, we come before you this morning thanking you for your revelation. Lord, thanking you for your grace. Thanking you for how great thou art. So, Lord, we come before you this morning seeking your face, wanting to hear your voice this morning. Teach us, reach us, touch our hearts in a way that changes us from the inside out. I pray for Dr. Cox as he brings the message this morning. May you use him to change our lives with your words. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Please be seated. Good morning. Good to see you today. Almost every morning, I take a shower. Most of you probably do too. Some of you may take a shower or a bath at night instead, but I like to make sure my hair looks good for the day. I take a shower every morning. When I stop for lunch, I don't take another shower, but I do wash my hands because even though I've had a shower, still could pick up some dirt, you know, through the morning. So I wash my hands. When I come home for supper, I wash my hands again. I don't say, I had a bath, there's no need to wash my hands. You get dirty. In fact, I have at least one major cleansing throughout the day, but I have several minor cleansings. I wash up for supper. Now, I don't know if that's a colloquialism true to the South. Some of you from other parts of the country can tell us if you, we put up on the end of it. Or maybe that's just a hillbilly thing where I come from. I don't know. But, you know, we don't say clean your room. We say clean up your room. Supper, wash up. I don't know why we put the up on it. Maybe you don't do that. But uh, that, that, that's where it comes from with me. Wash up. Well, Jesus said it's very much like that in our spiritual lives as well. Jesus said the same is true of spiritual cleansing. You see, you and I are spiritually dirty. We're impure. We're sinners. And every one of us needs a major cleansing spiritually in life. And that cleansing is possible through the blood of Jesus Christ, God's only Son, who died as the sinless one in the place of the sinful many, and his death provides a cleansing from the impurity and contamination of sin. And you receive that cleansing when you put your faith in Jesus Christ and you're saved. And so saved, being saved is a spiritual cleansing. Now, after you're saved, you still sin. You're not perfect. That doesn't mean you have to be saved all over again. But it does mean that you need some other minor cleansings, more than once, repeated throughout your life. Times of drawing near to God and, and confessing sin and being cleansed again. And the two ordinances that we celebrate correspond to this major and minor cleansing. Baptism represents that major cleansing in your life. The Lord's Supper that we're going to share today represents those minor cleansings in your life. Let me show you that in Scripture from John chapter 13. In John chapter 13 is set the night before Jesus died on the cross. The disciples and he are gathered in the upper room. He's about to institute the Lord's Supper. But before he does that, he wants to teach them one final lesson in humble service. And so Jesus washes his disciples' feet. Now that seems a little bit weird to us. It's not part of our custom. We don't usually have a lot of other people messing around with our feet, right? But in their day, they wore sandals. It was dusty, unpaved roads. And a common act of, of hospitality when you entered a home was a servant would wash your feet. But that was a servant's role, a menial low, a role, low role. And Jesus was doing it 
to teach his disciples a lesson in servant leadership, that you're going to be leaders, but you need to leave, lead as servants. Let me read it to you in John 13, 1-5. It was just before the Passover festival, and Jesus knew the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. And having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And the evening meal was in progress. And the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. And Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he'd come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. After he had finished this, he interpreted what it meant for them. Skipping to verse 12, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, so also you should wash one another's feet. I've set you an example that you should do as I have done very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Some churches add foot washing as a third ordinance that they follow. We don't do that. We believe that this is a, a symbolic lesson that he was teaching. Like Jesus said, feed my sheep. We don't do that literally, do we? We don't try to obey that literally. Don't bring sheep in here and, and feed them because we understand that to be symbol of teaching kids and teaching adults. And so, the same with foot washing. I don't think there's anything wrong with a ceremony of foot washing. It's a beautiful ceremony, but I don't think it rises to the level of an ordinance. It's not repeated in the book of Acts like these other two that we follow are. The, the, the church identified these two, baptism, the Lord's Supper. But it's a, a beautiful ceremony of that... Uh, Servant leadership. But there's a passage I skipped. That's the main lesson. But there's another lesson here for us today. It's in the verses that I skipped. While Jesus was washing his feet, washing the feet of his disciples, he had a conversation with one of them. Could you guess which one of them talked during this ceremony? If you guessed Peter, you would be right. He's the talkative one. And so when he came to Peter, apparently others didn't say anything, but let's go back and look at verses 6 through 11 that I skipped. He came to Simon Peter, verse 6, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you do not realize now what I'm doing, but later you'll understand. No, Peter said, you shall never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. And you got to love Peter. He's wide open all the time. He's full throttle. And so he goes from saying, you're never going to wash my feet to wash every part of me then. He says in verse 9, or, or, uh, uh, then Lord, verse 9, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. I'm all in then. And here's, look at what Jesus answered in verse 10. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean, and you're clean, though not every one of you. So let's talk about what Jesus said there. It seems to me that Jesus is saying um, that when you trust Him as Savior, it's like taking a spiritual bath. And I think the rest of the New Testament bears out this symbolism of salvation being that spiritual cleansing. Let me read it to you in Titus chapter 3, verses 3 through 5. Uh, beginning next week, I'm going to start preaching through Titus. Those of you who like to know where we're going next, we're going to Titus, Lord willing, three weeks in these three chapters. But let me give you a preview from one passage, Titus 3, 3 through 5. At one time, we too were foolish disobedient and enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. That's you and me before we're cleansed by the blood of Jesus in the act of salvation. How does that happen? It says we lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. But, verse 4, when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, He saved us, not because of righteous things we've done, but because of His mercy, and He saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal 
by the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior. And so God initiates salvation and the other two persons of the Trinity work in your life. When you put your faith in Jesus, Jesus works in your life and the Holy Spirit works in your life to wash you and cleanse you from sin. And so when that happens, you're not guilty of anything that you've done before. Isn't that great? That's great. And let me tell you, it doesn't matter how bad it's been, how much you've messed up, how dirty you are, wherever you've been, whatever you've done, you can be cleansed. Let me show it to you in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verses 9 and 11. Listen to this list, 1 Corinthians 6, 9. Do you not know that wrongdoers will not inherit the kingdom of God? We're all dirty. You're not getting into the kingdom. Don't be deceived, neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who have sex with men, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor slanderers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. You've done any of those things, you're not getting into heaven. But listen to verse 11. And that is what some of you were. But you were washed. You were sanctified. You were justified. Three ways of saying the same thing. Washed from sin, sanctified to holiness, justified with God in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. There's the person of the Jesus and the person of the Spirit working again, and you were washed. He says to these Corinthians, some of you were some of that, but you were washed. So, no matter what you've done, you're not beyond the cleansing of God. You've lived an immoral life, you've had an abortion, you've murdered, you, you've, you've, done, you've been a homosexual, You've been a swindler, you've been a slanderer, you've been a drunkard. You can be clean. You can be cleansed. And the, and the guilt is gone. Now the consequences remain. You shoot somebody, they're still dead after you get saved. The consequences remain. And you'll have to live with and work through those in the grace of God. But the guilt is gone. You're washed, you're sanctified, you're justified. That's a wonderful the thing that God has allowed me to share with you, whoever you are, whatever you've done, you can be forgiven of that. You can be saved. You can be washed. You can be cleansed. And baptism is the way that you show that's happened in your life. Baptism is the symbol of that major cleansing in your life. Let me show it to you in Acts twenty-two sixteen. Paul is sharing his testimony. And he tells what Ananias said to him when he was saved. Now what are you waiting for? Get up, be baptized, and wash your sins away, calling on his name. Paul had sent Christians to death. He had thrown them into prison. He had done terrible, terrible things. But Ananias said to him, your sins can be washed away. Get up and be baptized to show that that's true in your life. So baptism, when you're put down into water and brought up, you're not only reenacting the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, but you're saying, my sins have been washed away by the blood of Jesus. Now let's go back to, to John 13, chapter 10, and look at it again. Those who've had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. Peter, you're clean. You don't need another bath. So when you mess up, you don't need to be saved again. You don't need to be baptized again. Now, some people are rebaptized when they determine that their baptism was not really a baptism because baptism follows conversion. So if you weren't really converted before you were saved, then, then people are rebaptized. But you don't, you're not rebaptized because you've messed up and you come back, those who've had a bath don't, are clean. That's your status before God. But then he says, though not every one of you. So the act of baptism in and by itself will not save you. Judas apparently had been baptized. And that's who, Peter, uh, that's who Jesus is referring to here. Judas had been baptized and he said, you're clean but not every one of you. There's one of you that's going to betray me. And so just being baptized is not, but when there is an inner confession and an outer confession, then that is that completion of your salvation. 
But Jesus said, I need to wash you, Peter. And so even a person who has had a bath needs to wash up from time to time. And let me show you that in James chapter 4, verse 8. It says, come near to God and he'll come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. So again, just taking the Lord's Supper by itself will not clean you up again. But when you wash your hands and purify your hearts, it is a wonderful opportunity for that inner cleansing to take place in your life. And so even those of us who've had a bath need to wash up. And as you go through life, the dirt of the world sticks to you. And this is a time for those of us who are in Christ Jesus to to wash up before we come to the table. And so I just want to invite you into a time of self-examination in your life. Where are you in your spiritual life? Where's your obedience, your faith, your holiness? I'm going to invite you to bow your heads with me right now. We can have a little spiritual cleansing. I'm going to ask you a series of about 10 or 12 questions. I'm going to invite you just to consider these. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. What's your conversation like? What you think about how you're talking to other people around you? Is God pleased with your conversation? How's your attitude? How would you characterize your attitude? Are you, are you an angry person? Have you been taken over by worry or cynicism or doubt? How's your thought life? Is your thought life honoring to God? The things that go through your mind? How's your use of media? What you watch, what you hear, what you see? Does it honor the Savior who cleansed you? Is God saying anything to you about your use of media? How are your family relationships? If you're married, how's your marriage? What is God saying to you about your relationships with the other people in your family? Are you where you need to be there? Is there forgiveness that you have withheld? Are there grudges that you hold on to? Is there a stubbornness or a, or a bitterness? How's your witness at work? Or at school? Are you the same person there that you are on Sunday morning? How's your church life? How's your giving? How's the stewardship of your gifts? How's your devotional life? Do you spend any time with your Savior throughout the week in His Word or talking to Him in prayer? Which way is your spiritual life trending? If you had to plot on a graph your spiritual life, is it consistent, erratic, trending upward, trending down? Are you further away from God now or closer to Him than you were at this time a year ago? How's your love for God? For He said the greatest of commandments was to love God with all your heart and mind and soul and strength. Have you grown weary in well-doing or become discouraged? 
Let me ask you one final question. If Jesus came back, he is coming back, and if Jesus came back before this service was over, is there anything that you would regret in your life? Is there anything that you wish you were not doing or saying? Or is there anything you have left undone that you would say, I wish I had done that during my time on earth? I'm going to lead us in a, a prayer, and then we're going to share together in the Lord's Supper. While I'm leading in this prayer, I want to invite our deacons who are going to serve it to come and assemble at the front. And uh, then we'll share together in the Lord's Supper. Father in heaven, we thank you, those of us who are in Christ Jesus, that we had a spiritual bath. And we stand clean before you regardless of our past. And we are overwhelmed by that and so grateful to you for your mercy in our salvation that we don't have to live with guilt and regret. Lord, we come now uh, to renew our relationship with you. And we want to wash up before we come to your table. And so, Lord, if your Holy Spirit has spoken to us in this time about anything in our life that does not please you or is lacking there, we want to confess it, we want to turn from it, we want to ask for your help that we not repeat those same mistakes, we want to pray for the power of the Holy Spirit to come within us, oh Lord, We wash our hands as we come to your table that we might experience the joy of our salvation and of your presence. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. We're going to pass out first the bread, and our custom, if you're new here, is we'll just, everybody will hold on to it until everyone is served, and then we'll eat it together. Same with the cup when we pass it. If you're a guest with us and you're a baptized believer in Christ, we welcome you to the Lord's table. We're happy to ha share this meal with you.
Jesus said, this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And Jesus said, this is my blood, which is shed for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in remembrance of me. May the joy that comes from knowing you're clean and right with God dwell upon you as we leave this place. Now, maybe you haven't had a bath. Maybe what you need is not just a washing of hands. 
but maybe what you need is a major cleansing in your life. That there has never been a personal encounter with you and Jesus Christ where you said, you're the sinless son of God, I'm a sinner. Please transfer my sin to you and your righteousness to me. And so that has to happen for you to be right with God. Today that can happen regardless of what you've done or where you've been. We're going to stand and sing in just a moment a song of commitment and invitation. And during this time you could walk forward and say, I want to be saved. I want to be cleansed. Next week, next Sunday we have baptism. You could be baptized next Sunday morning to symbolize that washing of sin and that identifying and union with Jesus in his death, burial, and resurrection. So when we stand and sing, if God's spoken to your heart, I want to just invite you to come and walk forward, meet me here, and we'll celebrate with you. There'll be a decision counselor answering questions. You can join our church. You can make other commitments. Let's stand together and sing. was a wretch. I remember who I was. I was lost. I was blind. I was running out of time. Sin separated. The breach was far too wide. But from the far side of the chasm, you held me in your sight. So you made a way across the great divide left behind heaven's throne to build it here inside and there at the cross you paid the debt i owed broke my chains freed my soul for the first time i had moved
a moment. Maybe the Lord spoke to your heart and you didn't make a decision today. you got questions. You want to talk to someone on that guest card. You can place if you want to make an appointment. Somebody will talk to you. A pastor will talk to you this week. You can come by and see me at the Welcome Center right after this service. If you're watching online, you can text right now to 931-808-7975. I'll go check my phone and I will respond to you. You could be baptized next Sunday if today you'd put your faith in Jesus Christ, 931-808-7975. Thank you. Daniel. Say, when I get up here, the first thing that came to mind is, don't you feel great that you feel washed up? And I was like, I don't think that's the right word. So doesn't feel good to be cleaned up. So we'll be cleaned up, not washed up. But isn't it great that God... Uh, gives us the opportunity to be clean. And uh, as we stumble and fall, that we can return to him and be cleaned up. So uh, I just thank you for being here for worship. I hope it's been a meaningful time for you that you've experienced God. I want to remind you that when we do Lord's Supper, uh, a custom we have is that um, we take up a benevolence offering to help with needs in the community. So you can place those in the box with your other offerings. You can write in the envelope that this is for benevolence or any other loose money in the box will be uh, used for that. So thank you for your giving with that. But uh, thanks for being here. Hope you'll get in connection group in this next hour and uh, have some good time in Bible study connection with folks. And we're going to pray and be, be done. Father God, again, we thank you just that we can be cleaned up, God that you have made a way by your sacrifice, your body and blood for us, God, that we, um, that we, just, we need that. We have no other way except by your, your sacrifice, with your love for us, your grace and mercy and forgiveness that you've offered to us, God. So help us to lean into that. And if uh, we haven't been uh, had that initial bathing, that cleansing, God, that you would just work in the hearts of those who need that, and for those who just need to be reminded that they can be cleaned up uh, as they come to the table of God and just as we confess our sin and seek your face, that you can make us whole and clean again. So God, we thank you for that. Go with us now as we uh, try to live these truths out, if we, as we try to share your love with those around us. And uh, we pray all these things in your son's name. Amen.